Good afternoon, friends. It is another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, is it not? Really? It is. I'm not lying to you. It is grand and glorious. Welcome to the Blizzard edition of the Patrick Lally Show. We'll spend the next couple hours here engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on news and politics, music, workplace, behavior, sports, recreation. You heard Uber producer Dan Peters at the top of the hour with the news and weather, and he's going to keep us updated on all the latest in the winter storm that has descended upon us here. Apparently we missed the big stuff, but it's pretty nasty out there. You know, I'm, I'm happy not to have a foot of snow, so that's good. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio, streamed live on KSO.com or on the KSOO mobile app. Remember, you can always follow along on Facebook Live or our Twitter account at Show. Well, it's uh, it's official. It's Monday. It's Rich Show Week here on the Patrick Lally Show. That's because Saturday is the release of local musician Rich Show's latest project. That was the future. This is the past. It is a double vinyl album under the different folk label, which is a local label that is uh, uh, a partnership between a bunch of folks, including Andy Howes, who's been on this program. It is, I, it's safe to say, one of the most anticipated local album releases in a long time. And it's no secret that I have been a huge fan of Riches since my youth, since we were both youths. That started sometime in the 80s when I first saw No Direction at the Terrace Park Banchel across the street from where I grew up. It was the first time I'd ever seen an actual punk band live. I had I'd heard punk music at this point, obviously, The Clash and, you know, all of that, but I'd never seen one. And No Direction with Rich playing bass was a punk band, straight up, local punk, and it was awesome. Where's the beach? Sure looks like fun. Where's the beach where all the girls are laying in the sun? It was awesome. And I was hooked, you know, and so Rich was in that band, and Drimmer drummer and poet Chuck Luden, who's been on this program. We've talked about No Direction and all that. And then guitarist Rick Smith. So they broke up after three records, but it was a launching pad for Rich. uh, Four decades of music. He's written and recorded hundreds of songs with now legendary Sioux Falls bands, Flag with Hank and Violet and a bunch of side projects. It literally is hundreds of songs. So this latest record encompasses the best of Rich's long career as an artist. It's not a greatest hit, hits album in the true sense, but it's something more interesting, really, I think. And what Andy Howes and different folk records did was bring Rich back into the studio with a collection of musicians from the past and present. I think there's like 16 different people working on this record. And they recorded nearly 50 songs in the shape and the form in which they were originally presented. So the No Direction songs are uh, a three-piece you know, punk outfit. The Flag with Hank songs is a more traditional four-piece rock and roll. The Violet is the big band. It's cool. I just think it's a, it's a new experience of the library, and I've gotten a chance to listen to it. It's quite good. I do have a little bit here of uh, the first, one of the first releases off that record. Let's see if I can play just a little bit of that, if I can make this work. We're going to watch Dan start to sweat over there in the booth. It's going to be okay, Dan. Hey, it's cold outside. I could use a little sweat yeah, today. Yeah, no, this is going to be fine. So, so this is a song called uh, Corporate Product Placement. And I can't even remember what record this is on. I think this was a, 
a song from the later years of uh, like Oxford comma or uh, the body uh, uh, can't even remember the name of the group now but anyway it's a great song and uh, I'll be all week I'm gonna be playing some music rich is actually gonna be on the show twice Tuesday and Thursday so that's tomorrow and uh, I just think it's great music and I I was honored to write the liner notes for the record. That was the future. This is the past. And I, in that role, I've been able to listen to a lot of it. So there's the record. There's like 22 songs on the record. And then there's another 20 songs or so that come. When you buy it, you get a download code for the whole thing. So that's pretty cool, too. So it's really a lot of stuff for, I think it's 20 bucks or something. I can't remember. So Saturday, I'm looking forward to this because uh, is Saturday is the big release record release party down at the Orpheum and it's going to be a party for sure but also kind of a reunion you know for fans of one of the really I think one of the greatest artists this community has ever produced and that's why I'm spending so much time talking about it this week and playing the music one of my goals on this show all the time has been to celebrate the good things that happen in our town the greatest little city in America best little city in America it's my own line I screwed it up how's that (laughs) uh uh, you know, along with the occasional pointed commentary when I think things are a little off track. But I hope you'll enjoy the ride this week, and I hope you like Rich. And uh, you can come out and see him on Saturday night. You can listen here. You can go find uh, this song, Corporate Product Placements, on YouTube already, and uh, follow along on Facebook. They've been releasing a few singles. We'll play some as we have a chance to during the show here. We've got a great show for you today. Our guests include Valerie Schoenwill and Colleen Moran of the Sioux Falls Human Relations Office. We're going to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace and how to recognize it. Kelsey Passel will be with us. Scott Hudson's going to be in pinch hitting for the Boon Man today for Weird Friends. We'll talk about Rich's uh, pending record release and, and everything that comes with it. Scott's been around and watching Rick for a, Rich for a long time, so we're going to get his input. Nick Wyland actually will be with us in the second hour to talk about his announcement today that he's dropping out of the mayor's race to face Christine Erickson in the at-large B position on the city council. And I will have a PL statement just after the break. Today's topic, Neil Tapio returns and the satire survives the legislature. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 317 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, yeah, we're getting a little closer to free in the PL statement today, where we go through the news, find a few things that we can chat about, pontificate about, try and make a little difference in the world. And uh, in the you know top of the news is the big budget battle. You know, we've got another extension. Woohoo! CR, CR, everybody, CR. So we're good on the, uh, the, the, the closure, the government closing until February 8th. We'll see how that goes. That's good, right? Everything's, everything's back to normal, right? Everything's functioning like the well-oiled machine of government that it is. Uh, but I want to talk about a couple of local things. First, uh, I don't know if you saw this today, uh, a legislative committee got together and uh, talked about the big state 
seal bill where I talked about this last week where they were going to uh, uh, make it a crime to modify the state seal. And, and, you know, right away people said, you can't do that. (laughs) That's unconstitutional. It's free speech. And so today uh, the sponsor of that bill, uh, Sue Peterson from Sioux Falls, Republican, she said they got together with the ACLU and they came up with some changes and they uh, passed it in a modified version and the ACLU is happy. And, you know, it's, they, it specifically says that it does not intend to limit in any way artistic expression or satirical expression. Um, and uh, Peterson said it was not her intent to impact free speech. It wasn't her intent to affect free speech. Even if I actually believe that, and this was all created by because of uh, some problems with some embroidery shirts uh, at the women's prison, um, the bill had 86 co-signers, all right? Something like that. Either none of them read it, or they lacked the basic levels of understanding of the Constitution, okay? It's like a big glowing ball of fire in the sky that you don't recognize as the sun. So they must not have read it. They just sign on. Oh, Sue, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. We got to protect that state seal. And nobody, like, took a second to think about why she was actually doing it, which I still contend was in response to Robert Melling's cartoon about forced catheterization. But, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't about that. It was, oh, no, 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 no. It was about the embroidery shop over at the women's prison. So they're going to throw the prisoners in jail, apparently. They're already in jail. Anyway, it's going to pass. Uh, the one guy who voted against it in committee made a very good point. Uh, after they did this, it's basically the, as the same as the law. Effect In effect, is the same law we already have. So we'll see. Maybe, maybe they'll just let it die now because it's stupid. But the thing I want to spend a little more time on today is our old friend Neil Tapio. You'll remember Mr. Tapio. He got a uh, fair amount of uh, attention recently. He is a state senator from Watertown, the great city of Watertown. And he, but the thing is, he's a, a uh, potential candidate for U.S. House, right? We in the Republican Party. So he's talking about, um, you know, running against Chantel Krebs and Dusty Johnson in for the Republican nomination for the House to take over Christy Noem's spot. Well, then last week he had some press release. He, Seth Tupper over at uh, Rapid City Journal wrote a story sort of talking about the talking with the three candidates. It actually talked to everybody that's in that house race about uh, whether or not what Mr. Tapio has been espousing about uh, Islamic, about Islam and the, his uh, fears of Islam and Sharia law and all the rest of the stuff that he's come up with that, you know, it's overrunning Christianity. Um, Seth wrote this fine story and asked all the candidates a series of questions that I won't go into. But essentially it was to find out whether they think things like uh, Muslim registries and, uh, you know, trying to uh, identify everybody who is a practicer of Islam, you know, things like this are constitutional, which they clearly are not. Because of the First Amendment and the freedom of religion that's inherent in the Constitution, okay? And Tapio's question, so so Seth asks all of them this. He, he, uh, he questioned 
Tapio questioned whether the First Amendment applies to the religion of Islam as practiced by adherents known as Muslims, okay? And his quote is, does our constitution offer protections and rights to a person who believes the full implementation of Islamic law is practiced by 14 Islamic countries and up to 350 million self-described Muslims who believe in the deadly political ideology that believes you should be killed for leaving Islam, Tapio wrote. And it goes on and on and on. And there's, he's, I've seen this letter that he's, he keeps repeating these, this, this statement like it's some sort of fact and it's not. And he said he's just trying to defend himself because you remember he showed up at that anti or uh, interfaith rally and uh, uh, or meeting or prayer service or what do you want to call it and was you know antagonistic and saying nasty things. So Seth asked him several times to say whether he supports religious freedom for American Muslims, and he never said yes or no. This is from the Rapid City Journal. Instead, he spoke about Islamic radicalism and his desire to facilitate a public discussion about it. One of the journal's questions was whether Tapia wants to outlaw Islam. His response was, I don't have that answer. I am simply asking necessary questions in order to lead a conversation. You can go read the whole story. All right, it's on the Rapid City Journal website. Seth Dupper, he's a fine reporter. Well, lead a conversation? No, he's not. That's not how you lead a conversation. That's not what, with thinking rational people. It's a war on Islam, plain and simple. Punctuated with selective quoting of the Muslim holy book. You can do the same thing with the the Old Testament if you're so inclined, which I'm not. Here's the thing, though. If Tapio does, in fact, get into the U.S. House race, he's going to get a fair number of votes in the Republican primary. Can he win? I don't know. But I do know that any casual perusal of Mr. Tapio's social media and the folks who surround him demonstrates there's more than a few people out there who support him and more than a few people who support him with enthusiasm. Consider that, the la- that in the last Republican primary for House in 2010, Christy Noem won a three-way race with 34,500 votes, 42% over Chris Nelson and Blake Kurd. Total, there are about 82,000 voters. That's just not that many votes, okay? 34,000 is not that many votes. A small and motivated group of supporters can make a big difference in a primary. And what's more motivating, the perception of a holy war to save Western civilization. And that's how it's being portrayed. I mean, I've talked about these quotes by Tapio, and he just goes on and on and on about, you know, saving Christianity and and the Western world. And it's just, it's irrational. But it's why you're seeing a level of waffling by Chantel Krebs when questioned by Seth Tupper on the issue of religious freedom and elsewhere. Her answers are evasive at best. It's an obvious effort not to offend the considerable right-wing segment of West River Republican voters. Now, I know Chantel. She, uh, she's a fine human being. I don't think she believes in the conspiracy theory of Neil Tapio, but there's a lot of people out there that do. Dusty Johnson is clear in his stance that freedom of religion means just that. Dusty said recently on this program, and he said it again in the RC, a Rapid City Journal article, Chantel, Chantel is trying to walk some sort of tightrope over the Republican electorate Consider, though, that 
Pennington and Meade counties, the two largest rap- in the Rapid City area, have a combined 42,000 Republican voters. This is the land where independents and no affiliation voters outnumber Democrats roughly 22,000 to 19,000. Don't kid yourself. These aren't Bernie Sanders independents, all right? It's quite possible that Tapio's crusade plays pretty well on the western side of the state. That's an overgeneralization, but there's enough truth to it to raise concerns, not just for the broader well-being of South Dakota, but for mainland Republicans as well. A Tapio nomination is probably the best possible scenario for Democrat Tim Bjorkman. He's a retired circuit court judge from Canastota. He is adroit reasoned and he could easily easily capture big swaths of the moderate vote if paired up against tapio and the longer that mainland republicans don't vociferously denounce tapio's encroachment on the literal and expressed freedom to worship the more they get risk the more they risk getting dragged down by it you've seen this play out it just played out in alabama so i I, my advice to my Republican friends is to voice your opinion. Mr. Tapio has every right to say what he wants to say, but I don't know that you want Mr. Tapio as your representative. That's up to your voters, but don't go quietly if you don't agree with him. That's the bottom line on the PL statement for today. Agree or disagree with me, you can email me, patrick at ksoo.com. You can follow our Twitter feed and chat with us there at P. Lally Show. Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we're going to talk to Scott Hudson for Weird Friends. And, uh, yeah, we're going to talk more about Rich Show. So stick around for that. This is the Patrick Lally Show on Information 1000 KSOO. And it's 3.36 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And that is Who Do You Love by Rich Show for Rich Show Week. And who better to help me kick off Rich Show Week than Mr. Scott Hudson on the Weird Friends Scott, how are you today? I'm doing great. I'm just really, really happy that you and I no longer have to worry about going to jail. <laughs> That's right, because we both have uh, personalized versions of the state seal. Yes. <laughs> I was having fun with that all weekend. <laughs> yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? I really like mine. Uh, Robert Melling was kind enough to uh, do personalized versions for us of the of the seal that got him in trouble. Uh, mine has, it's called, uh, uh, it says, Progr- Programming Will Be Interrupted, Radio Clash, and it's got yes. the black fist in the middle. It's awesome. Yeah, and mine, I had one for Real Punk Radio and one for my The Ledge logo. And uh, yeah, I like them both. <laughs> yeah, he does a nice job. He uh, he was getting a lot of uh, uh, requests, and then... Uh, he, uh, it's going to kind of take the wind out of his sails now that they, uh, went ahead and took that, put well, that part he's in. Just, he's still pretty proud because of that whole thing, you know, 
kind of started yep. because of him. They won't say that, but that's what I believe too. So I, you know, congratulations to Robert for standing up for himself. Exactly. And get, anyway, <laughs> back to Rich. Oh yeah, get back to Rich. Um, yeah, Saturday's the big show. Yes, and it's funny that you played uh, "Who Do You Love" as the intro because I've actually been spending the day transcribing an interview that I did with him. Oh, really? And uh, one of the questions that I asked is, you know, what do you think is your greatest accomplishment as a songwriter? What is your favorite song? And, of course, after getting the usual, uh, they all suck, you know. (laughs) Um, He did include Who Do You Love as a song that he counts as as one of his favorites right now, at least. Really? Uh, Because because of all the changes and, you know, there's a lot of, um, you know, it kind of kind of jumps around a little bit. He likes that. It's fun to play. So. Yeah. He it also um one of the things that Rich has always been good at and a lot of musicians don't ever learn is the use of of dynamic in terms of um uh, yes. volume essentially. Um you know, and intensity. And he, the, those songs when he does that, those are the best ones for me. Yeah. Yep, I agree. And there's a lot of that on there. You know, I I sometimes feel like you know, uh I go overboard with the Violet Rich show stuff, right? You know, you get accused of that, right? I got the funny thing was because I we did in the '90s at Tempest get accused of that all the time, mm-hmm. and it was it was really misplaced because we had a little rule that for local bands you get a story whenever you put out a record, mm-hmm. and so anytime Jenner Bob put out a record, they got a story, usually a cover story because they yep. were big deals. And, you know, we can go down the line of, of all the bands that did, but it just happened that Rich Show was the most prolific. Yeah. Because uh, songwriting has always been easy for him. And so he's, all, I mean, that was one of the most remarkable things about that era. Anytime you would go see them, almost anytime, he'd have four or five new songs in the set. Yep. I don't think I've ever seen him do the same set twice, and I've seen him, God, you know, right. I really wish I knew how many times it was. It's, it's maybe a hundred you know, it's oh, a lot. Yeah, definitely. And he just would never do the same set twice in a row. But here's my question for you, and that is, why do or do you think that he is, um, you know, one, he's he's got to be the best songwriter to come out of this community. I don't want to. I hate to categorize things like that. He clearly is the most prolific, but he's one of the best artists in terms of musicianship and 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 songwriting and storytelling. But why do you right. think that is? Why do we put him in that class? Um, I think it's kind of like the, the way we, that we put uh, Westerberg, um, maybe Jeff Tweedy, you know, some of those people that, that kind of capture, I mean, he's not singing about us, Mm-mm. but we feel like he kind of is. He's capturing kind of that weird, uh, we don't really fit correctly in the society kind of thing, feeling that we kind of had maybe in the early 90s. Mm-hmm. But yet at the same time, we have our roots, we have our families, we have, we have all these things that we hold dear. Yeah. We don't, Does that make sense? Yeah, and maybe we're not, I hadn't thought about this so much as, it's not, they aren't songs about us, but they're songs about people we know. <laughs> you know right, I mean? right. Oh, yeah, definitely. If it, right. And they, they're sort of anti-heroes all the time. There's, right. 
Now, as old boss of mine used to say, I've used this line before, there's no clean one owners in there. (laughs) (laughs) But the, uh, so this, this record's a double vinyl. Um, What do you make of the way that uh, different folk and records and Rich have gone about this? It's kind of unusual to go back and re-record songs like this, don't you think? Yeah, it's, um, you know, in fact, I asked Point Blank, have you ever wanted to go back and re-record all your old songs? And he said, no. Yeah. Because most songwriters don't. They're, 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 their new babies are the focus. And Rich has always had plenty of new babies. Yep. And, uh, but, you know, he, you know they, Andy Howes from Different Folk came to him and presented the idea. And then finally he goes, well, you know, why not? Yeah. I was surprised that he, uh, uh, you know, embraced it so aggressively. Because it seems like he did. It's like he really poured himself into it. Well, yeah, and and the thing the thing is, you know, once he decided that yeah, we could do it, he was all in. I mean, they they were the hopes at first was they were just going to record fifteen songs, you know, you know, going to record until they had fifteen songs. Well, they went and bashed about thirty the first weekend alone. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And he because he got he brought in such great musicians. It wasn't like. We need to keep honing this and honing this. And yeah, honing this. I mean, I, and, and a, but a lot of them he's been playing with forever. I mean, uh, Lance has been with them since yeah. about 88. Mm-hmm. Um, Romanowski's been with them 91, maybe. Yeah. I mean, those those guys know these songs in and out, which which is a lot different from the past, especially, the, you know, in the No Direction era. You know, they were going in the studios where people didn't know how to handle a punkish Three piece, yeah, and, and they were, <laughs> and and they were very. And records were really, really expensive to make back then. And you know, so they, as you said, sometimes you would just drive up to Minneapolis on Friday, start recording the moment you got there, and then when you're done on Sunday, you drove back home and hope that you you got a record out of it. Yeah, it's kind of amazing how far things have come. You recorded this one at uh, Cat House, right, with uh, Mike Dresch? Yes, with Mike Dresch. Yeah, yep. it's and it sounds really nice. So. I uh, hope people will come out and see him on Saturday night. Are you going to be there? Are you going to come out? I may make it out of the humble right. abode for All a All right, that would be awesome. I'm going to be there. Uh, I have my tickets. You can you can pre-order the album right now. They'll send it to you, right? Yep. If you go to Different Folk Records They have various website. packages that include the tickets and yep. T-shirts and even Rich's old solo record. Yeah, which I liked. Uh, there's some great stuff on there. But we'll we'll get together, and it'll be a nice little reunion, eh? Yes. Uh, Scott Hudson. Uh, thanks for joining me. Maybe we'll touch back with you again this week and uh, get some more thoughts from you after you've had a time to process that interview. All right. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Kelsey Passolt, big-time anchor over at KDLT. That's coming up next on Information 1000 KSOO. Be happy in the city tonight. 347, Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000, KSOO. Underground trains all run in reverse. Nobody here can dance like me. Everybody clapping on the one and the three of mine. The last of my kind. Am I? The last of my kind. And I think we have now. So many people with so much to do. From KDLT News, the big time anchor over there. Hey, Patrick, how are you? I'm good, Kelsey. 
How are, how are you guys doing? How are you surviving over there? T- nothing like uh, being in a TV newsroom during a blizzard, right? Exactly. Everything is crazy. It's also a metaphorical blizzard <laughs> in the newsroom right now. We've got a lot of crazy uh, developing stories happening, and they're not just weather-related either. So we're trying to sort through all those details to give you the best information tonight at 5, 6, and 10. <laughs> so uh, you, 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 don't have to, you don't have to sugarcoat it. Hanson's throwing phones, right? Tom Hanson. <laughs> Diva He's having a mini meltdown. No. <laughs> Diva anchor Tom Hansen's chucking phones and ripping up scripts and right. That's what that's what you don't have to lie. You don't have to sugarcoat it for our people. We know. <laughs> We're savvy. You know, he he's he demands the best. The yeah. best out of all of us. <laughs> hey, have you have you had to coddle those weenie weather guys you got over there? Because, you know, they all came from you know what I'm saying? They're they are in California. They're like, are they huddled around a fire? You know, are they breaking <laughs> up the furniture trying to stay warm. <laughs> Actually, our California native reporters are some of the best equipped for winter because they just went out and bought everything before <laughs> they came here. Yeah, so I they've got the face masks. They've got the sturdy boots. They've got everything. <laughs> they're ready to go. They overdid it, and that's that's a good thing. <laughs> and you showed up like you showed up for work in like yoga pants and slippers, right? Right. What's what's the big deal? Right. I mean, you know, you, the desk is at, you know, waist high, so you're good. <laughs> I've actually managed to find a pair of boots that are both fashionable and functional, so oh. I'm very proud of that. See, that's that's important for a big-time TV anchor like yourself. <laughs> you got to f- function and fashion. That's right. Until we can wear parkas on air. Yeah. I'm trying. Do I'll you get let to, you know. Do you uh, get to take a break from this uh, slave ship over there and, and uh, go down to Florida or Texas or California or something like that here some soon? No, but I did find out through Facebook, thank goodness for it, it keeps you in the know, that my parents took just a, you know, a fun little getaway trip for the moment down to Fort Myers. So my dad keeps texting me pictures of the beach. Oh, <laughs> ain't How that nice of him. Nice right? of him. <laughs> After you gave your family those nice South Dakota shirts and everything, they go and abandon yeah. you for Florida. <laughs> well, they're soaking up the sun right now. I think they're having a blast. I'm so glad they're staying till Tuesday and not dealing with any of this mess yeah, today. Hey, mm-hmm. on a related but different note, I saw you posted something on Facebook. Your brother is having a good season over at, is it Western <laughs> Michigan? Which yes, he's at Western Michigan in Kalamazoo playing college hockey. He's a 21-year-old freshman because he played junior hockey for the Sioux Falls Stampede. He is having a tremendous freshman year. We, The team actually just lost one of its best players to injury for the rest of the season, so everyone's got to step up, including the freshmen, and they really are. My brother had his first two-point game awesome. on Saturday of his college career. He had a goal and an assist. Uh, we just could not be more proud of him. He'll be in Omaha ne- this upcoming weekend, and I'm going to go drive to watch him play. Oh, that'll be fun. Yeah. You know, it's uh, weird it's that, that uh, UNO is a Division One hockey team. Yeah. <laughs> it doesn't make any sense to me, but they're, they're and they're pretty good. Right. You would think that, like, Western Michigan would maybe play, and it's kind of surprising sometimes that Western Michigan yeah. You know, is a Division One hockey yeah, team as well. Right. You would think that uh, they'd play Mankato before yeah. they would play UNO, but the only time they would see Mankato is maybe in the playoffs, which one of those tournaments is in Sioux Falls at the Denny. So 
Oh, that's Pretty right. exciting times coming up here. Yeah, hockey all the time for you. That's right. Yeah, Josh is playing really, really well. I think he has some very loyal fans and billet family members who host family members who follow his career, and we're just all really proud of him. Cool. Hey, what's, uh, you know, the storm's going on. Uh, yeah. I suppose you got some storm news. What else is going on? That's right, yeah. Well, we do have, that's why uh, I was a little late to getting to the phone today. We are working on a story uh, regarding child porn charges. A Hartford man is in jail tonight facing child pornography charges. According to sheriff's deputies, he was turned in by his wife after she discovered items while cleaning the house and collecting laundry. E- that was earlier this month. E- that doesn't sound good. Yeah, there's uh, the court documents reveal a lot of details, and we are trying to sort through those uh, tonight at 5, 6, and 10. That is one of our top stories, along with the weather. I believe it is still snowing in places like Vermilion <laughs> that have seen nearly a foot of snow, along with this blustery wind as well. So no surprise that the storm canceled flights today. Things are getting back to normal at the Sioux Falls Airport. It reopened, I believe, at 1 after many flights were canceled because of the snowstorm. So opened early this afternoon. Yeah, it's terrible when you're trying to get somewhere and there's just nothing you can do. Nice that there's the hotel right there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they definitely, they saw an increase in guests because oh, of the delays and the cancellation. So we got some coverage on that tonight at 5, 6, and 10. That's outstanding. Kelsey Passolt, she is the big time anchor over there at KDLT News. Uh, Kelsey, stay warm and hang in there and, you know, don't take any guff from Hanson. All right? <laughs> Got it. I'll give it right back to him. Right on. We'll talk to you soon. All right. Thanks. Coming up on the second hour of the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to Nick Wyland, who is a uh, recently left the mayor's race and is running for city council instead. We're going to find out uh, why he's doing that and how that looks for him. That's coming up after the the news and weather at the top of the hour with Mr. Dan Peters. And then we will talk to Valerie Schoenwell and Colleen Moran with the Sioux Falls Human Relations Office. And we are going to chat about sexual harassment in the workplace. It's going to be informative. You need to know these things. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with Three fifty-seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO. Hey, folks! Coming up, February two, three, and four. Yes, February is just around the corner. It's the Winterfest of Wheels at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. That is an indoor car show featuring cars, motorcycles, and trucks. These are unique premier vehicles seen in movies, on TV, and in magazines. There's a Ditcher Man room, which I think is a place to go hang out if you want to get away from your man. I'm not sure about that one. Uh, Raffles and all kinds of stuff. The proceeds benefit Cure Kids Cancer. It's 5 to 10 p.m. on Friday the 2nd, 10 a.m. to 9 p.m. Saturday the 3rd, and 9 a.m. to 3 p.m. Sunday. Tickets are 11 bucks. 12 and under are free. What's better than hanging out looking at cars? In the winter. It's awesome. 
Coming up after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, we got Nick Wyland. Then we're going to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. That's on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Four oh seven on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and we are joined by the guy who made little news today in city politics, none other than Nick Wyland. Nick Wyland, thanks for joining us. Yeah, hey, thanks a lot for having me on, Pat. So today you sent you had a press conference downtown at the library just a little bit ago. And uh, what did you tell the people? Well, that I uh, am dropping out uh, uh, for the mayor's race, and I'm going to enter in uh, for the city council, the at-large seat that uh, Christine Erickson currently holds. Well, the first question anybody would ask is, why'd you do that, Nick? Well, you know, there's a lot of reasons. I mean, I, I you know, you, I've been doing this for a year now, and, um, you know, you kind of learn the ins and outs of what it means to run for mayor, uh, what it means to, to be mayor. And um, I guess I, I feel like my uh, experience um, caters better to city council. And that's something you told me. Um, and, and I think that's, I think that's right. I mean, I think to be mayor, there's just a, there's a lot you need to know. And um, we need someone um in that position that can, that can really, uh, drive home some, some new ideas. And, and, uh, as much as I want to do that, and I'm, I'm definitely going to set my sights on that office again. Uh, you know, I feel like I, I feel like this is the race to run in. Um, it, it, it matches up with, with, uh, my experience and, um, you know, the, and I have a business in town, you know, I'm, mm-hmm. I, I don't want to necessarily leave that, uh, although I would to be mayor, but, um, so those, that's, those are the, the main reasons. And remind people, um, bec- uh, because you're involved in a couple family ventures, right? Tell people. What oh, yeah. Do. Yeah. Well, um, I, uh, started, uh, Parker's Bistro with, uh, my family almost a decade ago. Um, it's uh, about nine years, eight and a half years. Um, and, uh, you know, we've been very successful down there. Um, a great part of the community and, uh, you know, we do events like for on first Friday and, and, uh, you know, just a, a staple for, for downtown, uh, restaurants. Um, the other kind of side of things is I work and have worked with my dad and other political candidates, um, your dad, of or, course, is Rick Wyland, former Senate Rick candidate, Weiland. House what candidate? Yep. Yep. And uh, the TakeItBack.org. Uh, We've done. So, I've done some work with him there, and of course, the Senate candidate, uh, the Senate campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, I've also done some work for Billy Sutton and Tim Bjorkman this this go around, and um, Paula Hawks before that. Yeah. And, you your so. family's been very involved in Democratic politics for a long time. Um, this is a nonpartisan position, of course. Uh, as right. we as we know, city politics are. But how much of uh, how much do you see? I don't know. Is it maybe it's just philosophy more than anything entering into city government that there um, that there are some Democratic and Republican strains out there? 
Oh, yeah. Well, as much as you want to get, uh, you know, away from partisan politics, um, it's it's almost always there. Um, now, I think taking the D and the R and the I, you know, away from uh, the ballot is a good thing. I think people should vote for the person and not the party all the time. But mm-hmm. unfortunately, you know, we live uh, in a world that's... Uh, Highly divided and, you know, very political. Yeah. Uh, Christine Erickson, of course, she's running for re-election to the at-large B seat. And you two right now are the only people in that race. She was running unopposed until you got in today, right? That's correct. Yep. And so what do you think separates you two? Well, you know, I think ideologies, for sure. Um, you know, I, I look at some of the votes she's had on the golf contract or the parking ramp and um, disagree with those. Um, I think government needs to be open and transparent, and when it's not, people don't believe in it like they should. I mean, democracy is important. Um, having people and voters involved in it is very important, and, and when those uh, deals are done behind closed doors and no one, no one knows what's going on, well, you know, people don't respect government like they should because you know, we need it. We all, um, you know, roads, bridges, Education. I mean, all those things are coming from from uh, different different government and entities, and and it's important for the voters to know exactly where you know that taxpayer money is going and how it's used and who's involved. and And I think that's a big difference between Christine and I. Yeah. Do you think you would have voted, actually voted differently than she does, or is it just a matter of uh, having a different approach to an issue? For instance, after all, it's said and done. Would you have uh, voted for the golf contract? They said, essentially, and when Christine voted for it, she said she didn't like it, but she had to vote for it. She didn't feel like she had a choice. Do you think you would have actually voted differently? Well, you know, I, I, I really, um, I, I wouldn't want to vote yes on something that I, that I didn't believe was out in the public in a way that was reflecting, you know, what was actually going on. Um, so I would have voted no. Okay. That's great. And what, just briefly, what are your thoughts on the whole issue with the public private partnership with legacy and whether or not we should be moving forward with that while there is some question about the potential of, there is a criminal investigation, but a potential of charges there for some folks that are involved, not necessarily the corporate entities that are involved. What do you think about that? Oh, sure. Well, you know, I think the, the, we, we want to, find some private public partnerships. I think that's, that's not a bad thing. I don't think the, the parking ramp, you know, was a, a, a bad idea. Um, but I do believe that, uh, when you have investors that aren't named, when you have, uh, companies involved with it that, you know, like you said, are under criminal investigation. Um, I just don't know how you could ever support that. Um, the lack of transparency, um, is, is really, really concerning. Um, I think the fact that there is a criminal investigation, um, that they illegally dumped a, uh, asbestos in the, the landfill. Mm-hmm. I mean, those are, those are big problems. And, and I don't believe, um, most of the citizens of Sioux Falls, uh, you don't want to see those kinds of relationships happening. I mean, we want to, we want to see government working for us, not, 
not necessarily against us. And, and I'm a little concerned with, um, you know, increasing uh, if it's parking fees or however, you know, second penny, all this the stuff for, mm-hmm. for a, a, a building that, that is, you know, a lot of those profits and stuff, those are going to go to the, the private investors. Um, so I, I have concerns there, okay. uh, and I think a lot of people do. Nick Weiland, he, as of today, is a candidate for City Council at-large B, which is currently held by Christine Erickson, formerly a candidate for mayor. Now I'm, it's going to be hard for me to say, get used to saying seven candidates for mayor. i got to tell you that. I know. You're I going know. to throw me and off. Well, I, I, I do have a website up. <laughs> yeah, and uh, it is? Weilandforcitycouncil.com. I didn't take long, did it? Wylandforcitycouncil.com. Find out more about Nick Wyland, and uh, we'll see you out on the trail, Nick. All right. Thanks, Pat. Appreciate it. Coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, we're going to talk to Valerie Schoenwill and Colleen Moran of the Human Relations Office for the City of Sioux Falls. That's all coming up on Information 1000 KSOO. 419 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I am very pleased to have back in the studio with me today, Colleen Moran. She is assistant city attorney for the city of Sioux Falls and Valerie Schoenwill, who is a human relations specialist. They both work and are a, do the majority of the work for, as I understand it, the human relations office of the city of Sioux Falls, which isn't HR. This is, these are the people who deal with uh, issues of discrimination in housing and the workplace and everything else. Colleen and Valerie, thanks for coming in on this lovely, lovely afternoon in the best little city in America. Thank yeah, you so much thanks for having us. Um, so the reason I want to have you guys back on is uh, we've talked a lot about different sorts of discrimination, but we can never spend enough time. Um, we get often off track, and, and I think it's a good opportunity to talk about sexual harassment in the workplace. Uh, you know, I didn't really know how much do you guys deal with issues of sexual harassment versus discrimination? Well, discrimination and harassment are really closely uh, held together. So harassment is a form of discrimination. Um, discrimination might be, I'm not going to hire you because you're female. Harassment is the kind of discriminatory conduct that causes, you know, it's more than one instance. It is inappropriate behavior, inappropriate emails, inappropriate touching. Those kinds of things are harassment. And we deal with those kinds of questions um, semi-regularly. But I will say that there's been an uptick in the last three or four months since all of this started coming out in Hollywood. Yeah, and that was one, one of my questions right away is, so, the, I mean, it's an overwhelming amount of coverage in terms of uh, stupid men doing stupid things. Um, but how much has the Me Too movement and the and the, you know, all of the publicity brought more people in. Is there just a generally higher awareness of what discrim- or what harassment is today? Yeah, I think we've it's brought more people into our office for sure. And I I just kind of felt like that, so I looked at some of the numbers and compared 2016 to 2017 and then just the first 9 months of 2017 and then after the Me Too thing like from October to now has been greater than either the whole 2017 or the whole 2016. Oh, really? So, I mean, what kind of numbers are we talking about here? Well, 
so like our case management can only record like I, I searched for the keyword like sexual harassment and we only record um, specific so if someone calls about sexual harassment so say you did then every phone call that you had after that we wouldn't say sexual harassment mm, it's just one so case. we could have like 10 phone calls about it that aren't recorded I so. see and when um, you say recorded, you mean marked down, not like all my words yeah. recorded. And just just in <laughs> right. case somebody thinks the government's listening in on my conversations. Yeah. We summarize a little thing of what people talk about. So it's hard for us to give you exact numbers, but, mm-hmm. we, but we certainly have seen an increase since October. Are you pre- Were you prepared for that? I mean, obviously you can't see those things coming, but do you have the resources to deal with that? It seems a very complicated area of... Uh, what you might have to deal with from a city's perspective. Yeah, all, all discrimination and harassment is complicated, um, you know, and unacceptable and just un- unimaginable. And so I think we're always prepared for anything that comes our way. We hope we are. And we felt like we really were here too because discrimination and harassment, discrimination and harassment are always out there. Um, we never know what kind of call we're going to get. And we are certainly prepared for any kind of call, any stop in, any any information that people need. We're ready and willing to give that to them. So, I mean, basically people still just walk in the door and say, I, I'm having a problem with my boss. Yeah, that yeah. And that happens, right? A lot, yeah. That happens all day <laughs> in yeah, terms of one form of discrimination or another. Yeah. Right. Do you have any idea, like, how many people a, a, a week, a month, whatever, walk through the doors just looking for, with some sort of claim or some sort of information needs? Yeah. Um, it really varies. We, for 2017, all the entries of people that we talked to on the phone or in person in the office was over 3,000 wow. conversations. And that doesn't include, like, emails and all that. So um, there was one week <clears throat> that I had, like, four sexual harassment phone calls just that day but then it'll go like a couple weeks without some so it it really varies um we have six six of our open cases we have 36 open right now and six of them are based on sex so our our biggest two criteria or like bases for discrimination are disability and race Mm -hmm. those those are the in terms of like housing or something like that's not the 36 cases are Everything Our you have. Housing, employment, public yeah. accommodation. Okay. Yeah. Um, and in terms of like uh, uh, generally, how many cases do you have right now for sexual discrimi- or sexual harassment? Do those, or well, do those not get to? If it's sexual harassment, it's considered discrimination based on sex. I see. Got so it. So some of them are like actual behavior and some of it's like some of it's harassing behavior and some of it's like she said, like I am paying her less because she's a female. So I see. So, so a lot of it is mixed. I, I imagine that it's hard to classify these things. As you said, discrimination is discrimination. You can be a sexual harasser and a, and a bigot at the same time or a, uh, <laughs> right. you, you know what I mean? I'm saying. Yeah. Racist. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of those things. You could have the trifecta. Yeah. You could be a racist, a sexist and a harasser. Yeah, exactly. That, that'd be, yeah, good guy. And it's not just women. Like the first two cases that, I was a part of last summer uh, was two men and a, a woman had been harassing them at work. So it's definitely not like I'm surprised the Me Too movement hasn't included a lot of men coming forward because mm-hmm. it definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Um, we're going to come right back and talk with Valerie Schoenwell, a 
specialist, human relations specialist with the city of Sioux Falls and assistant city attorney, Colleen Moran. And we're going to talk about how you can identify sexual harassment. What's the difference between that and just bad behavior, stupid people, and uh, what you can do about it. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 434 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we are continuing our discussion here with Colleen Moran, Assistant City Attorney for the City of Sioux Falls, and Valerie Schoenwell. She is the Human Relations Specialist with the Human Relations Office of the City of Sioux Falls. Uh, it's a lot of words, Colleen and Valerie. And I, whenever you guys are on, I want to always remind people what it is you do. The Human Relations Office of the Human Relations Commission of the Human Relations. <laughs> what... Why are you, why is the city involved in all this stuff anyway? Well, the Human Colleen. Relations Office enforces the civil rights of people who are in Sioux Falls. And those civil rights are protected whether people are employed here, they're visiting, um, they come here to work, they live. Anybody who has activity in Sioux Falls, their civil rights are protected. And our office is the one that enforces those rights. <coughs> and... So under so the the office exists under the city, but you're sort of operating under much broader authority, right? I mean, this is is this is it funded by the federal government or the state government or you know why does the office exist? Because it, it doesn't exist in every city. I mean, at some point you're too small, right? Right, exactly. And what we do, we have a contract with the EEOC, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, um, to take the cases of employment discrimination in Sioux Falls. Um, they pay us um, to do that because they know that our office is able to and capable of taking those cases, so they don't have to come and take those themselves. The city funds much of it, um, and we are really lucky that that the city government has embraced us and has, ha- as have the people who and the community members of Sioux Falls have really embraced our office and know that it's needed. We want to make sure that anybody who lives here, works here, visits here is treated fairly, welcomed. Um, that they aren't discriminated against or looked down upon um, just because of a certain characteristic. And that generally takes the, cor- the, 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 the shape of disabilities, race, gender, people being discriminated in housing or the workplace because of those classifications, essentially. Right, and there's others as well. Okay. Um, you know, religion, mm-hmm. creed. Anything that's recognized as a protected class by the federal government. Exactly. Which is why the issue of uh, same-sex marriage and same-sex relations, uh, the recognition, whether or not the federal government recognizes, the Supreme Court recognizes that uh, gay and lesbian rights under the Constitution will have a big effect on you guys, right? That's okay. a, there's a one-to-one relationship there. Yeah, what we do in our offices right now we have interpreted um, discrimination and harassment based on sex, we have interpreted that to include sexual orientation and gender identity. And so if somebody feels like they've been discriminated against or harassed because of their gender identity, they can come to us and we will help them with that. But the question is still kind of open because of, the, because of some of the cases before the Supreme Court, is it not? Whether or not homosexuality is protected by the Constitution. Yes, there are there are those cases that are out okay. there, and we need to wait and kind of see what happens. But for right now, we believe in Sioux Falls that 
sex protects people's sexual orientation as well as their gender identity. Uh, that that decision could come next summer, right? Or it's 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 not that far off, correct? No, no, you never really know. But yeah. but it, it yeah, it's not very far <laughs> off. Speaking of gender and sex, we're here talking uh, primarily about sexual harassment in the workplace today, and some of the different issues surrounding that. So, how do I know? What should I look for if I'm either feel like I'm being harassed based on gender? Uh, and sexuality, how do, how do I know? I mean, what, you know, is it just because my boss is, I was going to use one of several adjectives, um, <laughs> not a nice person, you know, he's just a, a boorish <clears throat> turd, or is he actually, or she, sexually harassing me? Well, there are some people who are just bad bosses, just like there are some people who are just bad landlords. But what we look at is, are they treating you differently than there are other people in the office because of your sex? Are they making comments to you, sexual comments? Are they sending emails? Are they touching you inappropriately or brushing up next to you, you know, and touching you in that way? And so if, you, if a person feels like they are being sexually harassed, it is their, what their feelings, not the intention of the person, it is the, the feelings of the victim. If they are uncomfortable about sexual comments, about touching any of those things, then they're probably being sexually harassed. Hmm. We're here with Colleen Moran and Valerie Schoenwill of the Human Relations Office, City of Sioux Falls. Uh, so what should I do? I just walk in, the, uh, you know, what should I do? If, particularly, what if I'm not the person that is being harassed, but I see this in the workplace? Is there any, any options for me? Sure. Your option is to report it. Um, because if you know that it's going on in the workplace, you need to make sure that it's getting taken care of. So the city policy is that you report it to a supervisor, and if, it's, if the supervisor is the problem, you report it to somebody else. And that it's taken care of as immediately uh, as we can. And that's basically the same as any business. If there's sexual harassment, you need to report it. If you witness it, um, I think it's also important to know that you can be a victim of sexual harassment even if the remarks aren't directed towards you or the behavior isn't directed towards you because if somebody brings that kind of behavior into your workplace, um, let's say that you're at a lunch table and everybody, there's three people that are making sexual jokes and you're sitting there and you have to listen to that, you can still be the victim of her sexual harassment because they've brought that into your workplace and made your workplace hostile based on sex and based on that kind of inappropriate conduct. In the cases of sexual harassment, um, do you treat it the same in terms of the discrimination cases in housing or what have you, where you are a mediator to some degree? Do you try and resolve these issues without you know, uh, bringing a legal action of some sort? There's certain steps to every case that comes to our office. And the first one is, is the filing of a complaint and then the parties can agree to mediation and try to get it mediated at that point. If they can't, then it goes to an investigation and we do the investigation to determine whether we think discrimination has occurred and that goes to the Human Relations Commission. If they determine there is discrimination or harassment, then we try again what's called conciliation, which is just, which is just mediation at a later state in, stage in the game and try to get it resolved that way. And what sort, of, when you do resolve something, what is normally 
the resolution in a sexual harassment case? Sometimes it depends on what happened. If the behavior is such that the person felt like they could no longer work there, it can be called legally a constructive discharge, which means I just couldn't take it anymore, so I had to leave. And so a resolution might include some monetary damages. Mm. You know, if I hadn't had to leave, I could have made this much money and I had to take a, a job where I couldn't make as much money. A lot of times there's an agreement that wh whoever the violators are, that they're going to have training then in that employment uh, environment. They're going to have somebody come in and do harassment and discrimination training to make sure that that doesn't happen again. Sort of like the legislature. Yeah. I mean, they had something yeah. similar in terms of the training. If you're right. a big company and you want to change your culture, you bring somebody in. Exactly. And you guys do that. You do the training? We do. Valerie? <laughs> I'm sorry, I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, you're not supposed to I'm say that. Kidding. No, uh, you're funny. Yeah, we do. Well, Colleen does mostly the training outside of the office and for city employees. And um, But you also do it in for people outside the city, right? You're available to yeah. bring trainers in and, and facilitate some. So if somebody, if, if that's part of the resolution, it, it could be arranged through your office to have somebody come in and do sexual harassment training and that sort of thing. Right. And a lot, of, and we offer to do it for uh, businesses and organizations, and we do it for free mm. because our goal obviously is to not have it ever happen again. And so we are f we are um, more than willing to go out and help any organization or any business with that training aspect. Mm. We recently had a settlement, and I think it's good that since our office remains neutral, like we're helping both sides, they don't feel ill will toward us so you know the the company that was found to have probable cause for discrimination they were so happy that colleen is going to go do training for them it was ada related mm. but so we're often a part of the solution even though we were like a neutral party involved in the problem how often do you do trainings outside of city employees city hall for private businesses? And Last year we actually did a count of what we, what we did in 2017 and we did 47 trainings for people not involved in city government, for businesses and organizations and groups. That's a lot. Yeah, it is a lot. Um, they, and you don't necessarily have to be adjudicated <laughs> to get the training. If somebody just wants help, they can contact you, right? Exactly. There's a business that we do the training, their yearly harassment and discrimination training. Yeah, and how do I, if I have a company and I need that, what do, who do I get hold of? Just call up Colleen Moran at City Hall. You bet. Oh, yeah, <laughs> in this league. Uh, <laughs> that was, excuse me. Um, so the uh, the training, it's free, even if you haven't gone through this. That's that You must spend a lot of time training then. 47 trainings is a lot. It is a lot. Um, but we certainly think it's worth it because the more education and the more awareness you can have out in the community, the less likely somebody's going to be a victim of discrimination or harassment. Mm -hmm. So we're glad to do that. Yeah. And that's well, just training outside. She does all the new city employees as well. Oh, yeah. So they got to go through it. But yeah, and that's a lot of people. How, how many, how many, uh, <laughs> the city's got like, what, 1,600 employees, something like that? It's, yeah. it's a big number. It is. It's hard to keep track of all those people. <laughs> we're going to come right back and talk more with. Colleen Moran, Assistant City Attorney, and Valerie Schoenwell. She is a human relations specialist with the city of Sioux Falls. That's all coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO.
449 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. And we continue our conversation here with Colleen Moran, Assistant City Attorney, and Valerie Schoenwell, Human Relations Specialist with the Human Relations Office that serves the Human Relations Commission, City of Sioux Falls. The Human Relations Commission is actually citizens, right? Correct. Who are appointed to do this work for the, the, the city. Um, how many of them are there? There's 11. Yeah, 11? 11, yeah. We have two openings right now. So if you're interested in applying, uh, come to our website. Do you have to be a lawyer? Nope. You just have to care about civil rights. And so the commissioners, they get involved in the actual cases, like digging into them and figuring out what to do? They do some reading um, and then make a decision, decide whether they agree with us or disagree with us. But yeah. So you do a recommendation as a staff? Yeah, we put together the facts and information and do the, we do the actual investigation of it and present that information then to the commissioners and they look at it and decide what they think as well. Um, one of the things that we were talking about earlier uh, is people with disabilities and um, sexual assault on people with disabilities uh, is seems about as horrific as you can imagine. Actual assault would be a crime. Um, how do you guys connect with uh, sexual sexual uh, behavior concerning people with disabilities and are they more vulnerable? Yeah, they certainly are mo- more vulnerable. Um, one of the, We have another board that's, or two more boards associated with our office, but the Disability Awareness Commission is one of those boards. And for the past six months or so, we've had individuals come in from the community and just give us some information, make us more aware of what's going on in the community. And one of the things that was probably most surprising, I think, to Val and I, was we had someone come in and talk about the vulnerability of people with disabilities as far as sexual assault. And she told us that there are, as far as rapes go, more men with disabilities are raped than women without disabilities. And so, of course... Say that again. If I hear that correctly, that's a staggering statistic. Yes, staggering. So say it again so I understand it. More men with disabilities are raped, sexually assaulted, than women without disabilities. Just any women in general. Yeah. Oh, that's amazing. I mean, in 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 the state or in the like the whole country? Nationally, oh. yeah. Oh, And my so, God. of course, then there are more women with disabilities that are raped or sexually assaulted than men with disabilities. But just that number, I think, was the same thing as, as your reaction. It was just so staggering to us that that, is is accurate and we don't hear about it and that's not not what is in front of the community's mind that we have vulnerable people in our community that are treated in that manner how do we not hear about it i mean it it's it's a crime right right definitely it's a crime um sometimes it's not reported Mm -hmm. you know as, as far as sexual sexual harassment in the workplace one in three women um are sexually harassed in, in the workplace, but 70% don't report. And I think we would probably get a really large number of people with disabilities who are raped or sexually assaulted who don't report. Sometimes it's um, because of an inability to do so or maybe not having the resources uh, to do that. But yeah. You're talking about people with cognitive and physical, all kinds right, of disabilities. Any kind of disability. Yeah. Not just people in wheelchairs. Right, any, uh, any kind of disability. Um, the, I'm interested in how you can 
there has to be a huge gray area in every case, mm-hmm. right? Because how do you, you're drawing lines. You're drawing, ending up having to draw lines. It's a yes or no situation. Either you take the, the, the client and then you have to make a decision to investigate it and then you have to make a decision to, if there's any validity to it. Every step of the way is a uh, binary decision, yes or no. Right. You're drawing hard lines on often very sort of ephemeral situations. How do you do that? You often want to look at, so like in the he said, she said scenario, you, as far as I understand in the investigation, you want to look at who's more credible. Like you want to look at more than just their statements. You want to look at statements of other people and whether like they've gone back and something has proved to be false or a lie. Um, So there's a lot more that you can investigate than just what exactly happened at that time. Mm -hmm. But sometimes it is they both just have completely opposite stories and it's really hard to figure out what actually happened. It's wild. So what what percentage of the cases do you think that people who make contact with you in one way or the other actually become some actionable case? Either whether it's mediation or just making sure everybody's okay or... Like where we file a claim. A claim for them? That there's some, yeah, like an actual resolution where something was done. Well, I don't know. You know, I think um, it's really difficult to tell because every case that comes in is different. Mm -hmm. But I was at a conference once where they said if 30% of your cases are cases that you find that discrimination occurred, that's a pretty good number. Because so many times um, there isn't documentation Mm -hmm. Uh, The victim doesn't have documentation that on this date this happened, but an employer might have a documentation that this employee got a bad evaluation or was late or or whatever it might be. And so there are some times, and when people ask me, you know, what is one of the most difficult things about your job, I generally say it's when we can't help someone. We know that something probably happened, but there's not enough evidence to support that claim of discrimination and harassment. Very quickly, um, if I need any information on any of the things we've been talking about, how do I get a hold of you? What's the phone number? Uh, you can call us 605-367-8745, or you can email us, humanrelations at org. Say the phone number again. 367-8745. All right, we'll put all that up on our Twitter feed at P. Lally Show. Cool. Colleen and Valerie, thank you very much for coming in, and uh, you know we'll have you back real soon. Thank you so much. We'll be right back on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. <laughs> 458 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. It's Radio Clash, which means it's the end of the day. But don't forget Saturday, Swim Empire on tap at the Sioux Falls Convention Center. Get down there. This is the week. It's also Rich Show Week, which means Rich is going to be here tomorrow. On the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Yeah.